1: Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Andrew Anderson. Andrew recently won the USBC Masters in Syracuse, New York. He's a three-time member of Junior Team USA and a 2014 Collegiate Rookie of the Year where he bowled at Davenport University. Andrew, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well- so Andrew, this is a this is a treat for me. I have the USBC Open Masters, the USBC Masters champion, and then the fin- person who finished third in the tournament, Steve Klumpkin, here as well. So this is a, a really exciting podcast. But let's begin with you, and then we'll work kind of questions back and forth to each you guys a little bit, and um, and Steve will work in some questions as well, obviously. But Andrew, so let's let's first off begin with your your week, you know, and bowling that sort of tournament where you bowl the three different, you know, the A, B, and C squad, the burn, the double burn, and the fresh. Did when did things really start clicking for you as a bowler last week when you were bowling in Syracuse?
2: Uh, I would say towards the end of my first squad. Really, um, I didn't feel very comfortable going into a squad. My practice didn't go the greatest, but uh, I hit a couple uh, pretty good pairs towards the end of a squad the first day that gave me a lot of confidence and knowing scores are gonna be lower to have a pretty good first block. That's always gonna make your swing a little looser going forward.
0: Well, that's kind of cool. You mentioned you said you get your swing a little bit looser when the lanes, you said the scores are going to be a little lower and the lanes are tougher. I know the, the cut score for the top 64 last year was around 220 or 230 over. This year it was just plus 50 or so. So I think a lot of people, maybe when the lanes are tougher, it makes their swings tighter. But for you, it actually makes it looser. Huh?
2: Yeah, I, I've i always, uh, growing up in Michigan, we had um, we had what's called NJMAs. Um, Michigan Junior Masters Associations, and we bowled on some very brutal stuff week in and week out. I mean, they never they mm. never really gave us any leeway. So I grew up in a very low-scoring environment. Uh, I think that's why I prefer to bowl the majors when you have somewhat lower scorers and longer formats. I think that really has helped me in, in that aspect.
1: So this question is kind of, Andrew, love your thoughts, and then Steve as well. I watched a lot on Extra Frame. They did a great job of coverage of this sort of event. But the unique thing with the Masters is pretty much anyone can bowl. I mean, you you pay your money, you get to shoe up. So Andrew, as someone who bowls a lot of PBA events, and Steve, obviously bowling in college and bowling on Team USA, you understand the drill too. But when you're bowling with people that maybe, let's say, aren't as experienced, you could say, in bowling these longer-form tournaments... Did you have to deal with anything, Andrew, to that? And then once you get through to the finals, you know, once you get to the 64, it's like, whew, now we're the way people can play the lanes in quotation marks the correct way, and, and the scores might go up a little bit, or you, you'll start to see the patterns break down a little bit different?
2: Yeah, um, I would say qualifying, you cross so many pairs where you don't, like you can always look and who was there, but you may not know names as familiar as when you're bowling just a normal tour event where, like, you might follow a Rash or a Belmonte or a Tommy Jones, and you, and you kind of have a good idea of where they're playing the lanes. But during qualifying at the Masters, you can look at the sheet all you want, but unfortunately you may just not know a few names. You may not know a few bowling types. So it's more, it's more of a guessing game, and I think that's definitely a reason why scores are so low, is when you put something a little harder out, pair-to-pair pair becomes very dramatic in how big of a difference there can be. When you make the cut, I mean, you're bowling against the top 64 of that week. And, and generally speaking, you're not going to – everybody's going to belong there uh, is the best way I can put it.
1: And, Steve, did you notice that as well when you went from from pair to pair and even from end to end at the uh, the center in Syracuse?
0: Yeah, I did. Actually, I noticed there there definitely was a difference. And one of the kind of cool things I picked up on, which I thought was, was a good observation from the tour reps that I was chatting with, Uh, chatting with the guys with Timmy and Jim and, and Mike, they, uh, they had all kind of reiterated sort of the same thing, which is when you go to the new pair, you really, your first couple shots on each lane is just going to try, you know, give you some information and feedback on what it's going to be like. And then come frames five, you know, through the 10th is when you better have already made good enough decisions and good enough shot making to figure out exactly what your move's going to be. If you got to make a ball change or something, you just got to take that information in your first two shots on each lane because they're going to be different. And I, I can't tell you, there wasn't a pair that I went to where they were playing the same as the pair I got off. So as long as you have that kind of mindset and mentality, yeah, then I think you can, you can still grind out some good numbers and shoot 220 or 230 um, as long as you make good enough shots and figure them out from the start. And then make good shots at the end and put together a few strikes but uh, yeah going across the house it was uh yeah you didn't know where the people were playing in front of you and you also have that type of rotation where left lane moves left and right lane moves right so you're getting a different mix you know across the house from the different pairs you're not following the same players every game to follow up on that Andrew what was your what do you think your your biggest reason was for for your success in the masters i mean what do you what do you attribute it to
2: um patience <laughs> uh being being my second year on tour, and I, I, bowl, I bowl three Masters now and um, only maybe ten majors total. Uh, being being who I am as a person, I'm not a very patient person, so I don't do well in uh, just waiting for things and uh, letting things come to you, as, as you might say, in a bowling term. So uh, I, I really had a lot of patience last week, and I really, I think a lot of it was a scores being lower, knowing that you don't really need 230 or anything like that uh, helps me a bunch because um, y- you have time. Uh, patience is a lot easier when you know you have a lot of time uh, to figure things out. Like you said, uh, towards the end of games, if you can figure it out fast enough, um, having a 3 or 4 bagger in there gets you to 220 instead of a lot of tour events where we need a 7 or 8 bagger to get to 240 250. So, um, just having a lot of patience and Understanding that there's there's a lot of games and a lot of time ahead uh of you regardless of the position of the tournament you're in
1: all right, so this question again, kind of for both of you, but Andrew, let's begin with you first you you made made the show back a few months ago. How did making the show and being on t v help you with the nerves a little bit? You could say then versus now and then Steve, It's been seventeen years since you were on t v I'm sure that was one of those things that you're just, it, it didn't see when you guys watched it. And Steve was funny. He told me he hadn't watched the show yet. Neither of you guys looked nervous. And, and um, I just, I couldn't imagine being in either of your shoes. But Andrew, how did you deal with it? You know, because now you're in the tight, you know, you're in your number one seed bowling for the, you know, for the championship uh, of a major. And, um, and then Steve, how did you deal with that as well? Uh, I mean,
2: I don't know if anybody saw my first shot, but I had a lot of nerves there. Um, my first shot was not very good. I was gonna say I did a good job of hiding them. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the last show the last show helped me immensely in the idea of knowing what to prepare for and how bright the lights are and how fast it'll go. Um, so I can assess all the confidence I had in this last show through that first show I made. But uh, the nerves are still there. Um, definitely just trying to control them a little bit, take more deep deep breaths, and uh, you know take my time. I didn't really take take a whole lot of time on the first show between shots and I, I made sure to do that this time
0: and yeah you know for me it was uh, you know I bowled on ESPN the first time was in 1990 and that was uh, for the Team USA finals and any other shows that I've made sense were always on like affiliate networks whether it was like a, a World Cup finals for Team USA or or whether it was for a world team challenge or some other kind of a local tournament, it was always, it was never under in a big open arena type of a setting like that too. So I think there is a little bit difference, you know, for me when I go out and bowl the open championships, if I'm in Reno at the stadium where I'm at the South point, it feels different when you're actually on the approach and you've got a ceiling 40 feet, you know, above you or 60 feet above you or whatever it is, um, as compared with bowling in a bowling center with lower ceilings and that stuff. So you've got the, the difference in the environment, and then you also have the added pressure, um, of the lights and the cameras and that stuff, but the heat, absolutely. It's so, so much warmer there. And, uh, you know, just experiencing, just having all those lights on there and Andrew hit it on the head for me, at least is, um, is it, is it goes by so fast, you know, before you know it, it's just like, wow, I can't believe, you know, how quickly that went by. So you got to be making the right decisions and, and at the same time, be able to kind of control your, uh. You know your emotions and your heart rate and your mind because it just seems uh, like be very easy for everything to just go uh, go so quickly. So, yeah, that's uh, you know for me it was a you know tremendous experience and. It was unbelievable, uh, you know, to be able to make the TV show and compete in that environment was, was phenomenal for me. And if the bowl under those big lights and on that big stage like that, it was it a was really, really cool experience. I would have liked to have been able to get through that match and bowl Andrew for the title, of course. But, <laughs> but, it was, uh, but it was really cool to get there and bowl on ESPN.
1: Andrew, you bowled collegiately at Davenport University for one year, then decided college bowling wasn't for you. Can you explain that and explain your decision? I would say
2: college bowling, the best way I can just start off this is college bowling is not for everybody. But, uh, college bowling was quite a joy for me. Uh, I loved my team and I loved Davenport. But, uh, at the end of the year, I uh, definitely decided to take a different path. Um, I moved, I moved up, uh, at a very young age when it comes to competing for money. So collegiate bowling uh, inhibited my chances of doing that. Uh, obviously, as you know, it's very grueling to be a collegiate athlete, um, practicing all day, um, you know, going to school all day, doing all those things. So um, I told myself that, you know, I, I was burning myself out a little bit of bowling because every time there was a free weekend for college bowling, I decided to go bowl something on my own. And uh, I've kind of burned myself out. So at the end of the year, I had to make a decision whether it was going to be college bowling or amateur bowling because I I just couldn't do both anymore, unfortunately. So at the end of the year at Davenport, um, I decided to uh, become a true amateur bowler, I guess you could say. I bowled everything around, and um, I'm definitely on my way to finishing college. Uh, I definitely want to get a degree. I had just decided that... uh, Becoming a full-time tour player is something I wanted to give a chance, so at the beginning of last year, I decided to get my tour card, and the first year didn't go as planned. Um, I mean, it went okay. I almost made uh, the Players' Championship show, and um, I then made, later on in the year, the Extra Fame show in Delaware. So, honestly, I was contemplating going back to school full-time going into this year, and st- Um, putting the tour stuff on a little bit of a break maybe. But uh, with the tour stuff being in months first now, or so it seems where you have three or four major events at one time, it's a little easier to uh, go to school while doing that. So I am definitely currently going to school for an elementary education degree at Oakland University in Michigan, but uh, all my classes are online. That way I can still travel.
0: And Andrew, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about Team USA. You know, you've, you've won uh, 12 gold medals on junior Team USA, you're a member for three years there, and then you're actually on the current uh, Team USA member as well. So what does it mean to you to, you know, be able to represent the, the United States?
2: Oh, Team USA is, uh, yes, winning the Masters is is amazing, probably the highlight of my career so far, but representing the Red, White, and Blue was always something I wanted to do as a kid, and, uh, I mean, it's it's quite the feeling to be able to wear the red, red, and blue on your back and represent your country. It definitely means the world to me to know that uh, each time I bowl something that I'm not representing just myself, but all of all of the bowlers in the United States, really. Um, being a part of junior team was actually kind of what ignited my youth career. Uh, I wasn't really that successful as a youth bowler until junior gold in 2012 when I finished second, and then... Uh, went on to make a uh, junior team say that year. So that really ignited my fire, per se, of wanting to get back on team and uh, get better and make a name for myself.
1: Well, Andrew, I want to thank you for joining us. And again, congratulations on your win on Sunday. And all the best of luck moving forward with uh, with everything that you're bowling and your school, As as you pointed out, there's sometimes when – we make the choice and we understand that some things aren't for us and we're still going to pursue our education and pursue bowling, just not parallel per se in, in, um, in the same area, in the same venue. So, uh, all the best of luck with that. And we'll catch up with you down the road.
2: Thanks guys. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. Great bowling to you as well last week. Uh, I look forward to a, a rematch sooner or later.